When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah. An upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast, a slightly shorter edition, uh, maybe slightly more manageable, some of you might say, because basically I'm really busy this week, so I haven't managed to get together the full complement of podcast action, but there's no less content this week. We're going to talk about something very topical in work rates and why they are very different, and also the importance of ChemStars and Inform Falvan. I'm your host, Ben, and you'll hear all that and more on this week's Foot Weekly podcast on Foothead and all your usual podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to week 12 of the Foot Weekly Podcast and with me today, a man who loves a Brazil flashback SBC, it's Steve, the foot coach. Yeah, hi Ben, been an exciting week for me, I've obviously been able to do another flashback SBC, so pretty hyped about that, been enjoying using flashback Danny Alves. Let's be having you then, why did you do an SBC for a right back with a low defensive work rate, poor strength, stamina, pace isn't exceptional, so tricky for chem styles. Obviously, keep it brief because you want to get onto the good stuff and it may have already expired. But what was your justification? Uh, he is what he is, basically. He's, he's an attacking right back and, and that's, that's it. That's the tail of the tape. Um, if, if you're going to set your team up in the same way that I have so that you're attacking down one flank more so than the other, it's fine. It works perfectly. I mean, last year I looked quite heavily into Mauricio Sarri's tactics at Napoli and did a thing where I recreated them in foot. And Sarri has always been a big advocate of just attacking down one wing. He used to attack down the left with, with Napoli. So I've kind of set my team up to, to reflect that. So I'm attacking down the right. I have my right centre mid to cover the wing for when Alves is in advanced positions. And I tend to just sort of funnel the attacks down the right. And uh, the left back stays back. So with the CDM staying back as well, You've always got that sort of solidity of the four at the back if you are hit with a counter-attack. I mean, yeah, that sounds pretty legitimate usage of him, if you like. In terms of that kind of role, then there aren't going to be many better right wing-backs, if you like, in this year's game. So I, I can understand why you've done it. How does he actually play in game? He's incredibly effective. Uh, one of the things that I found him really useful with is cutting in from the right-hand side. Because of his his great dribbling stats, I mean, his agility and balance are excellent. Uh, ball control, dribbling, all good. It, it's quite easy for him to cut inside, and you can overload the center, so you can you can put extra stress on the the CDM and the two center backs. And uh, quite often, you'll find that because they're busy marking the other players in the center, Alves will be left open for a finesse shot. So, I've actually I've banged in quite a few finesse shots with Alves at this point. And actually, talking of Danny Alves' kind of attacking potential, if you like, it has surprised me so many people you see doing this SPC and saying, I don't mind about his low defensive work rate. I'm going to put him on stay back. And you think you're buying, well, first of all, you're buying probably one of the best attacking fullbacks of the year, but you're not using him to, for what he's actually 
meant for. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, it, you're trying to force a square peg into a round hole, really, in effect. And I've actually seen a few suggestions on Twitter where people have said that he'd make a great CDM. And I'm thinking, well, no, not with those work rates. He really wouldn't, no. And I think in the community, if you like, especially with Danny Alves' appearance on the scene, it's it's caused a lot of discussion around work rates and instructions and whether, you know, if you set Danny Alves to stay back, is he actually going to stay back? And do instructions override work rates? Or kind of how does it work? And actually, first of all, I think, there's been a bit of a misunderstanding about work rates essentially and instructions and how they interact. It would seem very weird to me if these two things were in the game, which perform the same function. I think sure, yeah. we should really assume that they don't because really that's a strange thing to have done. And in my opinion, having played the game for a long time and having noticed work rates and, and been very aware of them, I think mm-hmm. they have quite a different function to how people are thinking. Well, it's not totally different, but I think it's, a bit more nuanced than people are making out. I had Lolo Balotelli. He had Lolo mm-hmm. work rates. And he'd be pushing up the field, as you'd expect from your forward, but yep. he wouldn't make the runs into the box as often. He wouldn't uh, show for the pass as often. He wouldn't mm-hmm. run for the back post as often. He was really good, but that really held him back. And Notoriously lazy. A lazy exactly. Card. It made yeah. sense for him, basically. But what I realised is that instructions just set a parameter so stay back on Danny Alves is going to put him essentially in a zone and that zone in which he's operating he's still going to be as intense as possible going forward because he's got low defensive actually his defensive work in that zone is not going to be as effective or as intense so he's not going to dash back into position he's not going to be as diligent essentially and for me that's a real concern i would really not advise someone to put stay back on danny alves for that reason basically yeah exactly and that's a great way of describing it that's it certainly concurs with my understanding of how how work rates and player instructions work and i think uh to to give another example to kind of complement your balotelli example there if you look at a card like jamie vardy who's got high high work rates he is very active in terms of of joining in with the attack as, as you'd hope but mm. also if you lose possession in the in the final third he's he's very active in terms of winning it back as well so he, he does contribute on both sides but yeah in terms of the player instructions you're uh well yeah I, I don't want to parrot what you just said you you are literally just you're giving instructions as to how you want your player to operate and yeah. I, I guess the the instructions are that are the how and the work rates are the intensity, as you said, to sort of paraphrase. Exactly, and then you look at other situations. You've got to bear in mind different positions. I guess the work rates are having different impacts because the zone that that player is operating in is different. Like you're not going to see. It's why you don't see a high attacking centre back making the same kind of runs on stay back as a high attacking work rate right back or left back because those are given the I think they give I think the game basically gives them a bit more freedom to push forward a little bit even if they're on stage sure. stay back um yeah. but with center backs I do think you still notice it with Ramos I have and I know he's a player you've used for a lot of games as well yeah. I find that he's the player in my defense rather than my other center back Lucas Hernandez who has medium attacking work rate he, he Ramos is the player who's kind of looking for the pass more he's the one stepping up if you like he's the one who I suppose is more aggressive in some ways, but I think that partly comes from him being 
when there's a turnover in play being slightly further forward because he's the one who wants the pass essentially um which i think is actually quite useful i find that quite effective because hernandez lucas hernandez has a high defensive work rate so he's very alert to i guess tracking back towards goal right. and, and uh, intercepting the balls that maybe ramos does occasionally uh, miss I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I can relate to that totally, and I'm sure a lot of listeners will. Um, I have the the kind of atypical La Liga pairing of, of Ramos and Varane, mm. and I, I find exactly the same thing. I'll often find that if a long ball is played up to the defence and the defenders are off screen, mm. when the screen does kind of catch up, Ramos is there with his with his foot hanging out, making the tackle. He's already, you know, in the process of, of making the tackle, mm. and it's always him and never Varane, and initially I was wondering is that an issue around aggression around the stats but when you look at different cards it's obviously not down to that and I think that that can be attributed directly to the work rates I I definitely agree on that yeah and I think we should summarize the section just by defining it more clearly how we um, believe work rates operate I suppose essentially when you're setting instructions you're setting a zone or perimeter of operation. Whereas with instructions, you're actually seeing how intense a player is going to work in that direction, whether it's defensive or going forward. And although that might mean they push up the field more, looking for the ball, looking to get involved, it's not quite as straightforward as just being attacking and pushing up the pitch. There is more to it. There's the intensity of the player's defensive work or attacking work and I think that, that is the thing that people need to remember when you're looking at say stay back on Danny Alves it's not going to get the best out of one of the best attacking right backs in the game and you can apply that to many different players I guess in FIFA and so it is an important thing to remember when building teams and actually talking about building teams and how to pick the best players for different positions picking chem style is also really important and we had a question from josh uh, via email so you can email us footweekly at mail.com asking what the best defensive chem styles were now the first thing to say on this is if you've been listening to the pod for the past three years you've probably heard my yearly maybe even twice yearly reminder to everyone that chem styles are probably one of the most important things in fifa ultimate team and do not overlook them or overlook them at your peril because the stat boost you can get are crazy and I'm glad Josh has brought this up so I can go on my little rant again about it because the amount of squads that I get sent on Twitter etc where the centre-backs are on basic is honestly painful Uh, basic you're wasting stats you're uh, not boosting the pace and defending to the max of your centre-back and that is for me the two most important I guess stat areas that a centre-back requires physicality most centre-backs will probably be physical enough I don't think that's going to be as much of an issue. So again, yeah, Shadow's the way to go. Plus 10 on sprint speed, plus 15 acceleration. It's got the best interception boost um, of any any chemistry style in the game. The only thing it's slightly let down by, I guess, is the boost to stand tackle. But a lot of centre-backs actually have very good stand tackle anyway. And uh, as Matt Summers always says, you know, if you make a tackle, you've made a mistake. Um, so... I think for me, Shadow's the best offensive chemistry style. You can argue for Anchor as well. Um, That's a legitimate option for me, but I definitely say Shadow most of the time. Yes, they're expensive. I can see why beginner players often maybe wouldn't put them on players. But at the same time, if you think about the boost you're getting, plus 15 on acceleration, plus 10 on sprint speed, think about how much you pay for a card with that increase um, in stats. It's massive. And then also you've got to think that actually you can go out and buy a lot of your players um, with Shadow pre-applied for much cheaper than the chem style costs. So I'd always check that first. And actually another chemistry bugbear of mine, which I see even top players doing actually, is 
putting finisher on wingers who have sort of sub 70 strength it's only a plus five boost to strength so it's really not doing anything for that it's mainly boosting like pretty much all the stats go into boosting long shots shot power and some other shooting stuff which is not particularly useful for wingers you're much better off using something like marksman if you're planning to boost both physical and shooting it also strangely gives more finishing boost than finisher and gives a dribbling bonus as well and I think really in terms of looking at chem styles for, for wingers, if you are going to get to a position where you're relying on their strength, then you're probably using the winger wrong anyway. You know, yeah, you, well, you don't really cool. want to be going up shoulder to shoulder with a defender with the winger. So perhaps people would be well advised to stay away from the more physical chem styles. And I think also going back to your to your original point, um, I think each card varies slightly in the in the number of points that, that's allocated to it. Yeah, but I think a, a chem on average it's about eighty points, eighty eighty five points on a, on a chem card. Yeah, pretty. Much People so. need to be aware that if they if they're putting if they they've got a defender and they've got basic chem style on him, which is obviously the default, um, then part of the boost that they're getting on the defender is plus five on volleys and plus five on penalties. So, you know, if you if you're going to add points to your to your players attributes surely you're better off allocating those plus five to jumping or strength mm. or aggression or something that's a bit more tangible and more useful in the game so yeah good advice definitely uh pay attention to the chem styles that you're using i'm always amazed by how many players disregard them you know very top players who seem to think that they're not important but there are also loads of top players who really really think that they're, they're crucial um you look at ms dasari who won last year's e world cup I interviewed him afterwards. He basically said that it was crucial, he felt, to the way he played. Well, he said that to me long form. And in the interview, he basically said, well, I'm the world champion. What do you think? Right. Well, yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, go figure. Exactly. Exactly. Um, He used some very interesting chem styles as well. Not your kind of straightforward stuff. He was clearly working on specific things. Like he had architect on quite a few players, which was boosting strength and passing. So, you know, if you want to push your margins, if you like, chemistry styles are really important. Yeah, uh, totally agree with that, Ben. Completely agree. And actually, I think now we're ready to go on something quite different. I suppose with us two doing our little mini pod, we hadn't really anticipated possibly moving on to something like this. Um, But considering you got yourself into a scrap with one of the most notorious traders that Ah. the scene has seen, Nick, run the foot market on Twitter. What what was that over, actually? Could you just give a bit of background to to what what your issue was? Yeah, before I do, I just want to set the record straight and say that this is nothing personal against Nick at all nothing at all I don't know the guy I've heard him on the pod obviously you've spoken to him I subscribe to his videos on YouTube and his content is great um but I did feel that I needed or somebody needed to take issue with this it's it's kind of like a trend amongst traders I think at the moment with icon flipping because it's, it's to explain what icon flipping is it's basically monitoring the the icon market and having a kind of price set in your head where if you see a card listed at or below that price, then you're going to buy it and you're going to relist it at its market value. And I have no issue whatsoever with anybody doing this. You know, people have got to make the coin somehow. There's nothing wrong with it. Ethically, it's fine. It's not a problem. Where it becomes a little more a little more murky, a little more problematic is when somebody like Nick, who has upwards of 80,000 followers on Twitter is flipping icons and tweeting out pictures kind of 
I don't want to say bragging about his success, but you know, obviously he's trying to promote himself as being a great trader. So he he, he does to an extent need to publicise it. I understand this, but there's there's an element of monkey see monkey do there, isn't there? Where people who want to make a few coins themselves are looking at this and going, right, okay, this this successful top three trader is is using this technique, so I'm going to use it too. And because there's such a limited supply of these, especially the top tier icons. You only need a few traders to start practicing this, and all of a sudden you've got an artificial flaw on on the price of these cards. Then they're never allowed to naturally fall below a certain floor, and that floor is being set by people being encouraged to uh, to participate in this this flipping craze that's going on at the moment. Mm, and you know, Nick's not the only high profile trader who's sure. on Twitter. Uh, he's, you know, along with Economists, by far the biggest trading accounts on Twitter. And their significance and their growth over the past year has been quite staggering, actually. And their influence is growing in terms of their effect on the market. And I definitely think that that element, their sort of awareness of what they do to the market has got to catch up in some ways. I think so. For Economists friend of the podcast of course is super aware of that and and i think you'll notice mm. that in his streams but certainly some of the other bigger traders who are, who are catching up with him maybe need to be a little bit more careful about that but on the other hand it's interesting because i know last year plenty of people were doing it anyway and i know that although his significant that this has become more of a more of an issue but i think that there is also an issue in terms of the supply of icons on the market yeah. and how many of them are being turned into the sbcs how many icons are unusable because of their price essentially or, or useless because of their price which we've discussed in previous weeks there's been a lot of clamor for this icon sbc i personally think if we're going to see a new icon sbc it's not going to be a baby or base icon sbc it will be a icon sbc that doesn't have an icon requirement essentially um that would also drive down the price of icons the problem is is that because we had this situation where there was a leak and we've seen this happen before in past years i personally think although you can never quite tell is so many people are aware of an upcoming event and they want to profit off it yeah and all your big traders etc have announced that they're going to be investing ahead of this event and it essentially forces ea to withhold that particular content because they know that the effect on the market or the impact would be too problematic, if that makes sense. Um, what that's been exacerbated by this year is the fact that it's so easy to hold, and people are so aware that you can hold huge numbers of unassigned players. Uh, so what that is, is you buy loads of players and then you, rather than assigning them, they stay unassigned, you back out. You can't open packs because it'll tell you you have items to deal with. Um, but you know that's not necessarily necessary at all if you're a trader so what that means is that traders could have thousands i don't know whether you can have thousands but you know a huge significant amount of sort of high rated players ahead of this anticipated icon spc and essentially and you're like this steve it's a bit of a game of chicken i'd say a game of chicken i see what you've done yeah yeah, yeah. see what i've done um ea are essentially waiting i think for traders to move their investments so that they can release this content that is my view like that's something i've seen before and i would imagine that's something that ea would try and do because you also don't want people you know holding ea to ransom you know saying we need this content 
Well, yeah, and, and I, and I think because um, they have loads of investments which are useful for it. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think there was an exchange of tweets actually between Nick again and um, Gabriel Zara from EA, where um, EA's point of view on it is basically, well, it's fine for people to discuss, you know, what they'd like to see and, and what they'd like us to implement, but they've got to avoid this kind of position where they're basically held hostage by the demands of, of, of influential traders, and, you know, yeah. market influences and perfectly understandable. And I, it's, it's a, it's a difficult tightrope to, to tread really, I think where these guys do have influence. And as I say, it's, it's only particularly over the, over the cards that are in short supply because if, if, if cards are in big supply and there are thousands and thousands on the market, then, a few hundred traders are not going to make a massive difference. But yeah, when you've yeah. only got a few hundred or a few thousand cards in circulation, it's a problem. And we saw it with the um, with the UCL cards. Mm. And they were in low supply. Uh, the prices were ridiculous. And then as soon as the supply was increased with the SBCs on Champions League weeks, the problem was solved. And that's really the answer to this problem. It's simple, you know. I'm not yeah. blaming Nick for, for doing this. He's got to make his coins. There's also there's also the fact that the leaderboards, because of a bug, basically right. don't account. So the trading leaderboards don't account for EA tax, which means that traders who want to rise up those leaderboards, I mean, icon trading is really low risk to them losing their position on the leaderboard because um, although you take a huge tax hit making those trades, obviously that isn't reflected on the leaderboards. And if they're making coins through other methods, like, you know, just general investing and, and, you know, all the various other ways you can make coins, then maybe they'll take a bit of a hit on the profit, but they'll get like yeah. a massive jump in, in their transfer profit on the leaderboards because these icons you can sort of sell for such high um, prices that the tax is huge, but that kind of isn't so important to them. Um, obviously, they still want to make a profit ultimately, but what I'm saying is there is much less of a disincentive to do this in that way. Sure. Yeah. And to be honest with you, Ben, I, in a way, I think that these top 100 trading leaderboards aren't part of the solution. They're more part of the problem, really. I, I don't mm. particularly see the need for them, even. Um, if somebody's a successful trader, they're going to give good advice and people are going to keep coming back and they're going to grow their following. Um, yeah. I, it's, it's kind of a, it's a false indicator in a way of, of how proficient somebody is at trading, yeah, I think. I don't, I don't really, you know, I'd rather do this when we have someone from the trading community on, but sure, I, I find that there is a bit of an issue in the trading community. There's a huge amount of negativity around lack of content and there's not really the appreciation that actually, and I'm sure plenty of listeners will understand this, that content that's good for traders doesn't necessarily mean it's good content for your average casual player or your slightly more hardcore keen player who is interested in interesting content different leagues and, and i also get a little bit frustrated because i see a lot of showmanship from traders negativity towards ea essentially in this situation where they were expecting high-end cards to rise because of an icon spc ever since yeah. that hasn't happened the negativity in that community has been pretty unacceptable because they are failing their community and they feel the pressure of that. And I, slightly unfair. And I know yeah, they don't always cover themselves in glory, but there needs to be a bit of perspective that sometimes, you know, you get it wrong. I, I think that know. what's creeping in is, is almost a sense of entitlement amongst the mm. elements of the trading community where, as you say, you know, that they are getting frustrated because they've got their expectations and their followers have got mm. their expectations. And when those expectations aren't being met, as you say, you know, that's a recipe for conflict and, uh, and for dissatisfaction, and that's probably how you end up with exchanges such as the one between between Nick and uh, and Gabriel mm. Zara earlier in the week. 
Yeah, and of course, anyone is welcome to come on from the trading community. Nick, very welcome as well, of course, to put his point of view forward. Um, it is a mini podcast this week, so it's just the two of us, and it's a shorter podcast. But in the future, we'll definitely be getting traders on to talk about this kind of stuff. I think the uh, the debate around it will continue to rumble on for a little while longer. We're going to move on now to part two, where we're going to talk about the team of the week. And I'm going to review a team of the week player from the week before. See you in just a second. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey guys, it's True Boy and you're listening to the FUT Weekly Podcast. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then please do subscribe. You can do so a variety of different ways through different channels. Just search Foot Weekly in your podcast provider of choice. Oh, and another thing, Christmas is coming. And if you've got any pod games we could play with your favourite special Foot Weekly guests, perhaps uh, quiz questions, for example, or ideas for secret Santa gifts for, say, Steve, probably some kind of chicken paraphernalia, or maybe for Ian or Andy or Foot Economist, please do get in touch at Foot Weekly Pod on Twitter weekly at mail.com hello and welcome back after the break and i suppose the most interesting thing that happened during the break was probably um steve's chickens featuring on the podcast enjoyed that yep the, the fame still isn't going to their heads they're okay yeah they're i still mean, talk to them regularly and they're, they're still pretty grounded and actually they're kind of working on some tactics perhaps we can get them on for a bit more sort of insight at some point they are yeah their their work rates are pretty much high high mm. um they do have a good understanding of the fundamentals of the game. Mm. Um, Apart from yeah, the shape of the ball. I'm optimistic. Still kind of convinced the, egg-shaped, yeah. which is a big problem. But let, let's get into part two, because what have we got? Team of the week. So, Steve, is there anyone in there that you're liking the look of? At the risk of, of stretching the podcast out slightly, though, um, I want to take you back to something that you sent me through Discord before we began. Um, oh, oh yeah, I forgot about your, that. Your, your mad skills, Ben. Yeah, so I'm glad you reminded me because it was something I was going to bring up. Basically, it's me. Well, I'm, I'll probably post it on Twitter or something. But using the Lacroqueta skill, which you probably saw if you watched the pro event last weekend, Tex mm-hmm. won. Very skillful player and actually kind of highlighted the need. Well, not need because you can still play without, but how useful skills are um, in FIFA. Yeah. And. Lacroqueta is something that you see used a fair bit and, and it's kind of shifting the ball from, from left to right but it, it re- it's really good at just going around a player especially if you're if we see enough to finesse shots at some point one of the things that I think people will start to look at is getting to the byline using those danger areas which you see so often used by say Man City to, to better effect and that Lacroqueta skill is so effective in those areas You all you need to do to do it is basically just a ball roll but you hold LB or L1 which is actually very simple to pull off. It's excellent for going around players. You can do it either direction. You can add in a little feint at the end to cut back on yourself. It's quite nice um, looking as well. But I just recommend people um, give it a go and and try and use it because it is actually really effective. You can also do it stood still. For some reason, almost catches people out more, I'd say. 
I've, I've got to say, it was really impressive. I was, I was, I was quite dazzled with the clip oh, then. Um, if if people not... haven't seen it, I would definitely recommend that uh, they do check out Twitter and have a look. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame it ends in an own goal, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, you've got to be gutted if you're the player who puts it into his own net at mm. the end of it. I guess you were as well, actually. I mean, it would have been much nicer to have finished yeah, it exactly. yourself, I guess. Mm. Yeah, so let's talk about this team of the week as I was trying to get onto before mm, yeah. is that, I mean we, we were actually just discussing this um, full disclosure we do often have a little bit of a pre-chat about the team of the week during the break it is slightly a little bit well it's, the thing is it's a good team of the week but there's no one in there I'm like oh you probably didn't see this player and you might like to try him out sort of thing do you know what I mean yeah it's, I mean like the word we use was that word that we hate again wasn't it? it's quite a quite a meta team um and there's, there are players in there where, you know, if, if you're running a Serie A side, you're obviously going to look at Chiellini, you're obviously mm. going to look at Bakayoko. So, yeah, there's some, yeah, some attractive players in there. N- nobody that I'd go crazy about personally. Um, Farman, perhaps. Um, but I can certainly see that a lot of people will be drawn to this team. I think it's, it's a strong team in terms of appeal. Yeah, I mean, I think the only player that I can say is especially interesting, I suppose hybrid and team building perspective maybe is Bakayoko because of his you can imagine mm. the him maturity both French strong links Simulan for Bakayoko could be helpful but they don't have too many great players I'd say Carvajal obviously you know quite a meta right back I'm not as good as Juan Fran though if you've done that SPC no. Chiellini for me I haven't found him as difficult to deal with as last year but he, he's a very effective player and, and you know that he's going to be good I'd say the one player that may be cheaper but no less effective kind of thing is Nabri. Um, but yeah, you've got so many right mid options in that league that you know he's still kind of struggling for left mids apart from his SPC card. Um, I think a lot of people are going to be really disappointed actually that Gnabry's yeah, yeah. been given a right mid card because that, I mean really the only option you've got in the Bundesliga on the left. If you were fortunate enough to to do the Sancho SPC when he was a left mid as I was, then you've got that option. Mm. But if you don't, then then you're looking really at, at Marco Royce probably as being your best option. Mm. And in terms of the bench it's quite disappointing so <laughs> pretty much ready to move on Vida actually looks really good a shit that yeah. sense back but you know he's got 79 pace and 84 defending which is nice but uh, you know his links are, are going to be pretty difficult unless you're planning to well I mean you could link him with the best centre back in the world of course you could Dejan Lovren yeah. lovely Croatian link there but I do have a player from last week's team of the week that I can review so that's a, a saving grace I guess then we should go with that yeah I think so so uh, Falvan I've got to say, I kind of only used him because he fitted in my team. There's a, a lack of good French central players in Liga, and I kind of needed one, so I brought him in. was playing him right mid, and was kind of hoping he'd be my Depay on the right, if that made sense. Okay, you use Depay centrally, don't you? No, no, I use him on the left now, because I've got... Oh, do you? Okay, right. Yeah, keep up. You know. Sorry, <laughs> I, I do pay attention. <laughs> No, because I've got, I've got Neymar and Salah in the middle at the moment. So putting ah, to, to right. on left mid. And then I've got now Thalvin playing on the right mid spot. He has three-star weak foot, which, you know, he, I mean, Depay does as well. But he doesn't have five-star skills. He's got four. He's not as quick as Depay. Mm-hmm. He's not as strong. So I was expecting a much worse performance. I, I did get a much worse performance. He was, he was nowhere near as good. <laughs> right. But he's still a very good player. Like, I, I was thinking as I was using him, actually... I'm probably expecting too much from him. He's an 86 rated card. He's not particularly cheap. You know, he's, he's in, in the 100k range. But the thing is, his finesse shot was lovely. Like, he, he has finesse shot trait. All I right. feel like not everyone knows he's left footed or something because, yeah. you know, there were players who were better than me and I lost to 
who would get caught out by him cutting inside and finessing into the top corner. So while I don't think he's going to be a Depay, he's not got mad strength, he's not really as skillful, he's way worse at shooting, but and I, I think he is still a player that you'll enjoy using if you, if you feel like he's going to fit into your team. I think the left-footed finesse that you bring up there mm. as well, that's, that really is something that's worth having a player in your team purely for that because people don't anticipate the left-footed finesse yeah, yeah. quite so much as they yeah, do. Yeah, you're probably right. right about that, yeah. yeah. And he's one of those players, like, he can play out wide, he's okay there. Like, he's not mm. as rapid. And I, I was trying to work out whether I preferred having Ben Yedda there, possibly. But he's this, yeah, this Alvin card has way better stamina. He's got, like, 87 stamina. He's 5'10", he's got 80 jumping. So he's kind of... He's a bit more of a presence, basically, and I think that helps. But I really like that. I liked having that five-star weak foot on Ben Yedder, actually. So I think I think the jury's still out on, on him, but he's a different type of player. And he, I think he's a player that I'm saying, considering his utility as that sort of central French player who can switch out wide, I, I think he's he's a good player. Like I, I, would, ke- I would say he's a What chemistry style do you have? Well, I'd, sorry, I should have said that. I'd put engine on him. And I was thinking Hunter to boost his pace because he's not the quickest, but I wasn't really sure about having 88 agility, 87 dribbling and 86 ball control. That didn't, to me, right. kind of make me think this is a quality winger. So yeah. I was like, okay, well, we'll switch to engine. He didn't, I wouldn't say he really struggled for pace. I suppose that's not really his game anyway. And when you've got like Salah, Neymar and Depay, you know, it's not, I guess it's not the priority yeah. anyway. So it kind of worked fine. But I think you just got to be aware of his limitations and just bear in mind you might you'll be playing with him in a bit of a different way to maybe most wingers and maybe that's good like maybe it adds another dimension i think it probably did so that is um that is the review this week nice so i guess that pretty much rounds it all up i think it i think it does steve and before everyone goes if you're listening to this before friday there's a good chance we'll see team of the group stage and with my trading hat on potentially means that if they're looking like a good price picking up some 82s and 83s is quite a good idea i would also add keep an eye out generally because there's a fortnight new season this week which also means that ea will likely try and counter that with some content um so it should be interesting to see what happens ah, right. so we'll end on that little food for thought if you enjoyed this pod don't forget to subscribe you can do that on itunes spotify just search for weekly um, or go to audioboom.com slash channel slash for weekly for more options but yeah steve thanks very much for joining us it's been great to have you pleasure as always and where can people catch you if they want to catch you. They can find me on Twitter if they want to catch me. They can catch me on at the foot coach. Great. And uh, you can actually find me at Foot Weekly Ben. I just surpassed 1,000 followers. And you just surpassed 2,000 actually, didn't you? So congratulations. I believe I did. Congratulations yeah. to both yeah, of us. Wow. If you're not one of the near 6,000 people who follow the Foot Weekly podcast, then uh, please do <laughs> at Foot Weekly Pod. Uh, thank you very much, listeners, and we'll see you very soon. Finally, just a quick note that obviously patch came out, which covers first time finesse shots. Decided not to cover it. It's not particularly huge, the patch that's just come out. So we thought, why not wait and we'll play the patch and talk about it. Otherwise, we're just becoming sort of patch weekly with how quickly these uh, patches are coming out. (laughs) The final thing is to say that if you're finding things difficult, nobody should have to suffer alone. So please do go to thecalmzone.net for help or support. Peace. 
People notice a healthy smile, but maybe you have tooth sensitivity, bleeding gums, or acid-weakened enamel. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel are trusted specialty toothpastes created to help improve your oral health. For tooth sensitivity, choose Sensodyne. Bleeding gums, get Paradontax. For acid-weakened enamel, Pronamel is the toothpaste for you. Sensodyne, Paradontax, and Pronamel. Trusted specialty toothpaste to help bring home your healthy smile. Visit Ibotta to earn cash back.